Pete, uh, as you will remember, I have talked about childhood anxieties quite a bit. That's where I get all of my superpower is from being <laughs> an incredibly shaky child, apparently. Um, that is well-trod territory. For it us, is. Tom. And yes. um, this story that I found I thought was kind of interesting. We would both agree that childhood is already filled with anxious moments. And I think that yes. most of it can be boiled down. A lot of it can be boiled down to simply... Am I measuring up to my peers as well as I can? Um, and for me, it was it was things about like sports and clothes and whatnot. And yet again, technology rears its ugly, anxious head because that anxiety has creeped its way over to video games. And the anxiety about video games is not affecting just the kids, but also their parents. Pete, are you familiar with the game Fortnite? Oh, dear. Yes, I am. Uh, for those that aren't, it's basically, let's see, it's, it's like a video game where 100 players are virtually con connected over the internet, their avatars are dropped into a computer landscape, and they battle it out one by one, or they battle out until only one person or team is left standing. Is that a good sum up? That, yeah. Because yeah, I haven't, I haven't right, personally though. played it. But Really? No, okay. I haven't. It I'm strikes big... me as a thing you might play. And what's most interesting about it is that there is this, you're on an island, and the island shrinks. And so eventually, not only are you killing other people, you're eliminating other players in this player versus player, 100 person brawl. Yeah. But the territory you're on is is successively progressively shrinking around you. So well, that makes sense because it stops people from camping and just sort yes, of like hiding exactly. out in one little hidey hole. OK, well, right. Do right. you play it? It sounds like uh, that was my summer challenge to myself is that uh, I would uh, begin playing Fortnite with my son. Got it. Oh, so, well, this is going to work out perfectly, this uh, cold open, because you and your son are one of over 125 million people playing it worldwide. And parents have become very anxious about the social standing of their kids, uh, because <laughs> a lot of them, everyone's playing Fortnite video games, and they're worried uh, that their kid isn't measuring up. There's actually a quote that I found that said, uh, one parent said, there's pressure not to just play it, but to be really good at it. You can only imagine what it was like for him at school. And so, and this is not like one of those, I didn't find this in sort of like a weird clickbait article. This is from the Wall Street Journal on July 31st. <laughs> What the parents oh, are starting to do. So it is a clickbait article. So it is, exactly. <laughs> Fake news. The, what it is causing the parents to do is they are hiring video game coaches. Oh, just God. for Fortnite, that these coaches can make up to $50 an hour working with kids to be the best at Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> Humanity, I hate you. God. In the way that they used to pay for, like, tennis lessons or swimming lessons. <laughs> Um, in, that, in that same article, you can find these coaches on Gamer Sensei and Bidvine. I don't know what any of those words are. Uh, but uh, in that same article, it says, quote, some coaches can't believe parents want to sign up their children for lessons. It's really surreal to me, said Logan Werner, an 18-year-old Fortnite coach in Roy, Utah, who plays the combat game on a professional team called Gangstars. He follows up, quote, my dad would have never paid for me to take video game lessons. So, Pete, you're a parent. You have a child. Apparently, you're playing with your son. Is this something you'd ever do? How do you feel? Oh, my about God. It? Oh, it enrages me. It enrages me. <laughs> I, my, are you kidding? Ah, no, it's terrible. It's the absolute worst. You know what you're supposed to do to get really good at a video game? What? You're supposed to play the damn game and die a ton. That's what you're supposed to do. You know what else? Parents, don't hire coaches. Give your kid three quarters. That's all they get. And <laughs> and then that's what we did when I grew up. It was good enough for me. <laughs> 
playing the video game uphill both ways. Yeah. You got lives. Lives mean something in this universe. <laughs> come on, coach. Oh, come on. Now, I am a huge, huge proponent of esports. Like, I really am legitimately a proponent of esports. But I think that there is something about video games that 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 you have to you have to earn your stripes you have to learn the skills of the game by discovering the skills of the game and uh practice comes from trying it again oh i could uh, man ah uh, tommy i really uncovered something for you <laughs> dragon poked dragon poked yeah I don't even know where to go from there. I'm enraged. I'm on fire. You're so mad. <laughs> What's interesting to me is that you're so mad about the idea of that paying for a coach seems like a cheat versus the idea of <laughs> the fact that parents are so anxious about their kids' ability to play video games <laughs> when that's something that parents normally should hate their kids you know, doing, I would that's think. That's actually really funny because here I am actually like practicing with my son. And why am I not saying no more screen time? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think your son has to start paying you $50 an hour. <laughs> Welcome to What's That Smell, a sometimes funny podcast about humans and their anxieties. I'm Tommy Metz Third, And I'm Pete Wright. And every week, we each drag one of our deepest, darkest anxieties out into the light to share it, learn about it, and hopefully laugh about it with all of you. Reach out, send us the story of your anxiety to something stinky at whatsthatsmell.net. We want to talk about you on this show. Tommy, how often do you stop and take stock of your skin? Oh, well, right now, actually a ton, because I am apparently a 14-year-old boy. Uh, I am on a medication called Accutane because I started having uh, cystic acne ugh, on my face, which mm -hmm. made me look like a burn victim. And so I'm mm -hmm. taking this uh, very serious medication that apparently is trying to kill me from within because it's very uncomfortable. But it's doing the trick. So I've, lately, to answer your question, I'm very aware of it. Oh, that's actually good because your skin, as it turns out, is pretty important. Well, it keeps my insides inside. <laughs> well, that is actually a, an important function of the skin. Uh, the skin is it's the largest organ of the human body. And yet it is uh, I, I think you talk to dermatologists everywhere. They would agree it is really, really ignored. Mm. Uh, you know, generally, I and I'm one of these people, I only think about the skin, uh, my own skin, when I do something to break it. Oh, sure. You know, cuts and scrapes, sunburns. I always feel really dumb, and and then it hurts, and it hurts for days. But, you know, the, the punchline to skin damage always comes much later in my head, and so it's really hard to feel strongly about a sunburn that's healing. You know, I, I'm just one of those one of those people that that generally day to day i haven't given a lot of thought to my skin but it is an organ it is not just a tissue it is an organ and we should note that that we know why it's an organ it is the largest organ of the integumentary system Ooh. it has up to seven layers of ectodermal tissue and guards the underlying muscles bones ligaments and internal organs to keep them from falling all over your living room now why is the skin an organ? Because it consists of two or more different tissues which have a particular organization and perform a common function. So says Wikipedia. In our case, that function is protection and 
there are certain, you know, it, it helps us to breathe and to sweat and to all of those kinds of things. Many systems tie into the skin. I do think about the skin when I get cut because, and, and I think I'm perseverating more on cuts right now because I have a family member who's on this blood thinner medication. Do you oh. know what I mean? Like, have you ever watched somebody who's on blood thinner get a paper cut? Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I remember my, bad. my grandparents going through that. Yeah, yeah. And so as a result, thankfully, uh, to that experience, I now completely perseverate when I get a paper cut mm. and I just stare at it and I watch it and I wonder, when is this going to coagulate? <laughs> uh, bloody noses, too. Like anytime something that's supposed to be inside starts to come outside of my skin, I tend to be concerned about it. And uh, one of the diseases that has caused me great emotional stress is plaque psoriasis. I should say just any psoriasis, but plaque psoriasis in particular. I have a friend who's a pharmaceutical rep exclusively for this one condition, and it freaks me right out, okay. right out, plaque psoriasis. Do you know about this? I do not know. I know psoriasis, doesn't that mean like itchy skin? Oh, well. Uh oh, noob. Uh, plaque psoriasis is the most common type of psoriasis. It's when the skin gets patchy and red. What psoriasis is at the the sort of parent psoriasis is uh, it's a, a buildup of new cells on the very top layer of your skin, and those new cells grow a lot faster than your body can shed throughout the day. Oh, and and so you get these giant patches of of skin that's hard and scratchy and scabby gross and is it like it you're molting it's, it's itchy a, a little bit but it's itchy and it doesn't shake off so your blood vessels get all swollen underneath and get Aww. irritated and it's very painful and itchy and you can get these giant swaths of it on your on your back you can get scalp psoriasis you get it on your scalp Ooh, i uh, bet that'd be the worst oh oh god I, it, gutate psoriasis it's a uh, small red dots with uh, uh, these raised edges that appear all of a sudden. It's, they look like really aggressive chicken pox. That's a kind of Ew. psoriasis. Yeah. Oh, it's it's really, really horrible. And I just deeply feel for people who are suffering from black psoriasis or pustular Ugh. psoriasis. Ugh, it's one pustular. of those. Yeah, Ugh. I said that. Yeah, that's terrible. So that's one of those things that because I have a, a friend who lives in the world of psoriasis, now I get to live in the world of psoriasis in my head. And so all of these things, you know, the, these sort of parallels that come on with skin, I, I have, I, I start to worry about the things I can't see, you know, the dark places where skin weirdness could be hiding, but you can't, you know, <sighs> see it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I start to perseverate in that. And, you know, as it turns out, the Internet sucks for diagnosis. <laughs> Congratulations. It's always Mole. cancer. <laughs> exactly right. Moles that seem harmless and the Internet says are harmless. And it turns out those are, you're, you know, we got to cut those. Get that out. Get that right. out. We're going to, yeah. to DEFCON 5. You know, oh, body, I thought I knew ye. <laughs> then we got an email that uh, made me feel like I oh, was Oh, we, the again. show, got one. We did. Yeah, got you and me, the show. Oh, that's exciting. From friend of the show, uh, Lori, who who wrote in that she loves What's That Smell, uh, that she's listened since the beginning mm. and uh, has given us great reviews. And she tells people about our show. Thank you so much, listener Lori. Thanks, she Lori. She's 56 years old. And she says she took Psychology 101 and Abnormal Psych 201 over 30 years ago. As such, I feel very comfortable diagnosing myself and others. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you go, Lori. So did we. Okay. Turns out. She says, I am in the process of developing 
dermatosiophobia, also referred to as dermatopathophobia, oh. which is the fear of skin diseases. Oh, uh, sure. In, in my case, she says, rosacea outbreaks from hell. Oof. Mm-hmm. Your podcast helps me view this with a comical eye as I learn to manage this uncomfortable condition. Uh, thank you so much, Lori, for writing to us, for sharing your thoughts, and for giving me something new to detest about myself. Now I know <laughs> that it turns out I may be also developing dermatosiophobia, uh, but there are some fascinating things that I want to talk to you about here, Tom. First is okay. it seems like the connection that Lori is raising here is that the act of her starting to listen to our show is what has actually birthed this new phobia. Yeah, this is not the first time that I've heard this. <laughs> One of the first times is from the very first episode where you talked about certain smells that you're actually taking them in your nose. Yeah, yeah. And some people said, thanks for my new phobia. I think we should... <laughs> I think we should change the name of the podcast to Here's Your New Phobia. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's just contagion. Yeah. Here's your phobia. But, yeah. You know, I call seriously, that's like a massive win in the spirit of no such thing as bad publicity. Like, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Taking down listeners one by one. Yeah. Welcome to the family. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. There is this weird out of body experience to experiencing a thing and then stud it, it like suddenly feeling that new fear of a hmm. thing. It's like, I kind of feel like I'm walking on a path with Lori and we're in the woods and we reach a fork and one way leads to the bright and shiny village full of wonders and delights. Yep. And the other way leads to like the darkest unknown. And every time you reach that fork, you actively choose the dark path until it becomes a habit. <laughs> Thus, a phobia is born. <laughs> but I have to ask, Tom, how do you know? How do you know if you have dermatopathophobia? How would you? How would you? How would you figure that out? Uh, constantly, like really minutely checking your skin, or really worried about everything that shows up all the time. No, it turns out you take an internet quiz. Oh, of course. That's what I meant. What did I say? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Here's the thing. You're going to take this quiz with me. I'm going to read you the questions and the oh. answers, and you're going to tell me what you think. A quiz. Okay, we're going to see if you have dermatopathophobia. Okay. This comes from Change That's... Oh, uh, the, the URL is changethatsrightnow.com, but it's... It's when you read it, it's change that s right now. It's for some reason my brain can't see that. Change oh. that's right now dot com dot com, and they apparently have the definitive dermatopathophobia online test. Oh, that's great! Let's, I'm let's glad someone's how, ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What if the I see how what if do. the test is you just yell the word skin at me, and if I go ah, then that means <laughs> I have it. <laughs> Well, we'll see. Okay, we'll see. I, I think they uh, they have they address your concerns at a, a very fine level of detail. So, first question number one, Tom. Yeah. How anxious do you feel when you think about skin disease? Now, don't tell me yet. Oh, okay. I, please, please allow me to read all the uh, potential responses. A, extremely anxious. B, very anxious. <laughs> C, somewhat anxious. Mm. D, a little. E, not at all. The end. That's that's. Those are the options. Okay, good. That those are all the options. Yeah. Skin diseases. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not like 
what was the second to last one? <laughs> I already forgot. A little. A little. Let's say a, a little. little. Because okay. everyone is scared about those kind of things. But I mean, <laughs> to the extent that when you asked me, how do you feel about your skin? I immediately just thought of my face. Yeah, right. As I talked about AccuDate, I didn't think about anything yeah. else. So I would just say a little. How much do you want to bet you get to the end of this quiz and you're still diagnosed as severe? <laughs> well, they got to make money somehow, Pete. <laughs> Here, give your first instinctive answer to the question, out of 10, how serious is your dermatopathophobia? A, 9 or 10. Wait. B, 7 or 8. Wait, that's C, what this quiz is supposed five to tell or me. Six. You... <laughs> You shut your mouth. Do not question the instrument. I'm doing the test for the test. C, <laughs> C five or six. D, three or four. E, one or two. Ten meaning no, uh, one or two. It's not looking good. How bad are your symptoms of dermatopathophobia? What kind of quiz is this, Pete? It's just asking the same question over and over. This is not like a mind hack. <laughs> the symptoms are really bad, and I've used drugs. The symptoms are really bad, but I've avoided meds. The symptoms are uncomfortable, and I've used drugs. The symptoms are uncomfortable, but I've used meds. I don't really experience significant symptoms. <laughs> Where do we put my breakouts, my adult breakouts? Is that something that I would... No, 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 because this understand. is not the symptoms of your condition. It's the symptoms of your fear of the condition. Oh, what? No. I'm not taking drugs for something that I don't have. <laughs> I would kick you out of the test so far, but I feel like it, we're doing a service for listeners to actually okay, sure. be walking through this incredibly precision <laughs> instrument. Do you have dermatophobia? <laughs> okay, what's next? The whole, now, the whole reason we went through all of those other questions that are actually all the same question is to get to this question. Okay. Do you dramatize situations involving skin disease in your mind? Do you see pictures or movies or hear self-talk or other dialogue in your mind? A, yes, all the time, and the <laughs> feelings are powerful. B, sometimes, and the feelings are bad when I do. C, Sometimes, but the feelings aren't that bad. D, a little. E, never. And this is feelings about skin disease, correct? Yes. Okay. Dramatizing situations involving skin disease. You I may be on a date know. with skin disease. <laughs> I'm, lo I'm locked in an elevator with skin disease. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, whatever the no is. <laughs> okay, I never. Just, yeah. I hope you're keeping notes, everybody. One more question. In yeah. our experience, whoever they are... Clients who overcome this experience benefits many areas of their lives, not just in situations that used to make them dermatopathophobic. Even if you were only to get rid of dermatopathophobia, how much better would things be? Dramatically better. A big improvement. A significant relief. And then there's an error in the test where there is a code snippet that has been dropped in here. <laughs> it says a significant relief. Uh, bracket problem class type equals phobic style equals FC. Oh, yep. Which means now when you go back and read the test, you'll have to read it like this. In our experience, clients who overcome the experience benefits many areas in their lives, not just in situations that used to make them dermatopathophobic. Even <laughs> if you were only to get rid of dermatopathophobia, how much better would things be? Right? It's ridiculous. I'm choosing for you. Right. And you have finished the quiz, so now I'm going to submit. I don't want them to know this oh. about me. They're so on top Looking, of their game. I'm actually surprised. They have told you that you are not dermatopathophobic. 
that it but, probably doesn't significantly affect your day. Uh-huh. And yet they are still playing a video from the president of this company saying that maybe you should still attend one of our seminars <laughs> and asking which time works for you. Yeah. Uh, yep. Tell them I'm fr- I'm pretty free. <laughs> uh, can you can you go Wednesday the 22nd at I'm signing you up at no, 10 a.m. That sounds dynamite. Where should we send the invitation? Uh, Foster. <laughs> Does he have I, a cell phone? They want your text alert. Uh, Here, no, I, I'm worried is, about screen time for him. We went through this whole thing, and mostly to demonstrate what a terrible doctor the internet is. Don't yeah. take these quizzes. They're the worst. <laughs> I do want to go back to this uh, rosacea thing, because rosacea, do you know what rosacea is? Yes, that uh, I started with rosacea before I went on to Accutane. So I have like red cheeks and stuff. That's fantastic. I have been diagnosed with rosacea. It sounds like you might have had erythema totalangiactatic rosacea. Is that true? That checks out. Yeah. Can you <laughs> yeah. practice that for like 25 minutes? <laughs> you did great. That's the redness, flushing, or visible blood vessels. You could also have the papulopustular rosacea, Ugh, which pustular. includes the acne-like breakouts, mm. or the phimatous, phimatous rosacea. Skin thickens and has a bumpy texture, or the ocular rosacea. Eyes get red and irritated. Eyelids can be swollen. Ooh. It may look like you have a sty in your eye. Uh, it's not, uh, that's not great either. So I want to go back to listener Lori and just say, wow, I totally, I'm, I am totally in your court on this. And I'm fascinated by the breakout, not just of the rosacea, but of the phobia of the rosacea. (laughs) (laughs) That may be the scarier thing. I don't know. They use a lot of big words. Yeah. What is your story about skin? Because you were on Accutane at a normal time, right? I was. I was in a normal time. It it was a more common age. It was when I was in high school. I had the same sort of cystic acne. And uh, we tried a number of different things and finally went to the the, The the mother of all all drugs. And uh, it was a terrible, terrible experience. For me, um, you know, my joints started to crack and dry out. I was very sore all the time in my ankles and knees in particular. I would at one point start bleeding in my ears and nose um i would wake up and i would it would like my ears would get so dry right in the inner ear canal that they would the skin would crack and break and bleed it was a horrible horrible experience and then it was over and there are some things like the joint cracking has never gone away it's been you know, really? decades and well, wait, some of the, none of these of the things have never gone away. I just get itchy. None of these those things are happening to me. Am I taking Accutane? <laughs> what am I taking? I don't know. I don't know. Babe. Wait a minute. These are junior mints. These are. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I knew he wasn't a doctor. <laughs> Pete, in the cold open, of course, as I always do, I brought up childhood anxiety, and this, my fear or my anxiety this week is not something that I suffer from anymore, thank goodness, but it was a very strong anxiety I had during childhood, and I'd be interested to hear if you shared it at all. Oh, Um, good. Yeah. Or if not, I can give it to you now to start. Because we know that always really works for everybody. Yeah, because you're such a phobia sponge. I want to see if this Uh will stick. Um, (laughs) uh, Growing up in Vienna, Virginia, I went to a private elementary school, like a real fancy person. And I had to uh, take the bus home every day from school. My parents would, one of my parents would drop me off at school, but then I'd have to take the bus home every day because the school was kind of far away from my place. And my parents both worked like real jerks. Um, And during that time in... uh, 
kindergarten and elementary school, I developed a very strong anxiety about the school bus. About riding the, the school, school bus. bus. The school oh. bus. Adorable, right? Um, the closest Hive that I can... Five of scum and villainy. <laughs> the closest I can come to it is trachophobia uh, from the Latin traco, meaning truck, and phobo, meaning yeah, is the it's the fear of traveling on a truck or a bus. Granted, they're usually about the fear of the truck or bus flipping over. That's actually not what I was afraid of, uh, but I'm just going to go with it. Trachophobia. Here's what I remember about being on the bus is I was tiny and the bus was enormous. I didn't have any friends on the bus. No one that I was currently at school with was ever on the bus for whatever reason. It was always older kids and no one that would ever want to talk to me. It was always 900 degrees. <laughs> always 900 degrees. Mm -hmm. I actually came up with a conspiracy theory that the windows of the bus were made of the same glass that they make microscopes out of. <laughs> Wait, microscopes? <laughs> What's the thing that you hold up on a magnifying glasses? Magnifying, magnifying glass. glasses. Sorry, magnifying glasses. Yeah, I would glass. think that you would be more familiar with those things, given your love and hate relationship with ant piles. With ant piles, ant yeah. Hills. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, because I just the sun would sear into my skin. I've, I there were times when we would take a full right turn, and I could see the sun somehow follow <laughs> like it would take the right turn yeah. with us so there would never be any shade no matter what you know the the easy bake oven was actually modeled after a school bus <laughs> it's all just that. ambient heat magnified yeah. through school bus glass yeah. yeah i would just bake and then uh partly maybe because of my anxiety partly because uh there was nothing to take my mind off of it i also suffered from uh motion sickness and i would get very queasy uh on the way home a lot mm -hmm. um and uh, something happened one day. <laughs> this is going to get a little gross, people, so I apologize. But um, Oh, no. Yeah, I started to get sick, and I started to get hot, and there's no one that I can talk to on the bus, and I don't feel that I can talk to the strange adult in the front of the bus to say, hey, I'm getting sick. So that exacerbates it. Knowing that you're sick and there's nothing you can do about it, you get sicker and you get sicker and you get sicker. And I'm a tiny child. <laughs> I just want to point that out. <laughs> uh I did. This is the gross part. How, wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. How old were you at this time? Like, tiny child. What does that mean? Four, probably. Four. Okay. Four or five. Four I don't know. How old are you when you're, like, in first grade? First grade, uh, second grade? I don't know. You're in that sort of five. Yeah. Uh, first, first grade? Are you six in first grade? Oh. Well, I was young. Either way, I was a tiny child. Okay. And <laughs> so it would be around that time. Anyways, yes. And this is something that is seared into my brain is I did throw up in my mouth. And I caught it oh. in my mouth. Oh, no, you don't ever want to do that. Don't so my, che do that. my cheeks oh, are God. puffed out. <laughs> and I held it in my mouth for the next five to six minutes. Oh, God. For the, oh, end, God. For the <laughs> end of the bus ride home. <laughs> oh, God. Was this a mistake? <laughs> Was this not something that I should share with people? I'm really Ooh. trying to steal the deal on I want to be single forever. So mm. I want to, I don't want to talk about my past cystic acne and throw up mouth. Anyways, <laughs> so the bus stops in front of my house. Uh, I run out of the bus. My grandmother from Texas, my late grandmother was there visiting. She opens the door. I almost knock her frail body over as I run in, <laughs> run up the stairs to the bathroom and spit it out into the toilet. So you made it to the toilet. I absolutely made it to the toilet. Um, so you are really burying yourself in the role. <laughs> I just mean that is an incredible commitment 
to hold it that long. I'm in it to win it, Pete. You know, I'm a real inspirational figure. Um, Is there a Guinness line that we can call? I feel like we have significantly, like we've uncovered a significant new angle of like the (laughs) vomit-related records. Don't you think? Like, there's it, there's opportunity here. I see your name on a plaque. Oh, I certainly want my name in print next to this. Yeah. Absolutely. Could we, <laughs> the question then becomes, could we reproduce it in any way today? Yeah. <laughs> Hold tight. I'm coming down to the valley. I'm going to bring my slow motion camera. And, and we'll see how long I can. Yeah. yeah. I'm very proud of myself. It was a real time. Uh-huh. So... Mm. Anyways, so uh, that obviously didn't help my bus anxiety. Um, And if I remember correctly, I refused to go on the bus for a little while after that because the bus was just a place of fear and misery and heat and throw up mouth. Um, And so I tried to break it down now about what I was feeling. And I think a lot of it was just that I wasn't in any control, nor did I know the people that were in control. And just the feeling of knowing that if I needed help, I can't ask for help makes a nothing situation so much worse. That's the only thing that I can think of of why that was so scary. Did you Mm -hmm. or have your kids ever had any problems with school buses? Um, With school buses in particular? No, no. My kids went into the school bus with a sense of, uh, with that sense of wonder, like, oh my God, thank God I can be on a vehicle that my parents aren't on at the same time. Sure. And, and they've never, they, they never really established that, that sort of social uh, fear uh, so I, I do have a vehicle and vomit, uh, aversion, however, sure. uh, I, I used to serve as the, as a conductor, uh, on the Manitou and Pikes Peak Cog Railway. Have you what? heard of the Pikes Peak Cog Railway? You're a no. Oh yeah. There's, I guess I there's know a what... mountain yeah, okay. in Colorado Springs called Pikes Peak. And mm-hmm. there is a there was a, a cog train. It was made up of two cars and 216 people would climb on those two cars. And I would stand in the middle at that sort of 1920 degree angle and go up and down the mountain twice a day and tell people what they're seeing out the windows on a microphone. Oh, and fun. It, oh, it wasn't. Um, but it was, a, <laughs> it was a good tour. But invariably, people would underestimate their ability to hold it at altitude and they would go to the top. And what's at the top, Tom, but a gift shop that serves just straight straight up fried like flavorless donuts like no icing no nothing it was just one kind of donut people would gorge themselves on these donuts then get on the train and start wobbling their way down (laughs) and they would and, and all the seats were in the like booth seating so you'd be facing each other and people would always throw up on the train always throw up yeah they would throw all their donuts up sometimes multiple people throwing up at the same time so we had a a a, a bag of essentially this supercharged sawdust called voban yep and you would pour a bunch of voban on the throw up it would like suck up all the stuff to the point where you could just literally sweep it up i mean it was amazing but you still would have to sit with it for an hour and 10 minutes as you cruise down the mountain uh and everybody would have to smell it and it was just it was horrible it was a horrible experience so that smell has been seared into my brain so the the idea of moving in a can and having to (laughs) associate yourself with vomit of any kind is a real problem for me uh as a bystander I don't yeah. like it. I don't care for it. Well, now I wish when I was a kid, whenever I get on the bus, I'd just like cram a bunch of 
sawdust in my mouth. <laughs> you know, that, that does That would have really solved the yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah. In case there is anyone out there who has children who are expressing any kind of bus anxiety, um, I did some research and I just found three tips that I thought was kind of interesting. I guess they're probably a little, um, not self-explanatory. What's the word? <laughs> Obvious? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool when I can't think of the word obvious. <laughs> um, but um, number one, if you're, and this is all based on if you're able to, uh, is uh, take a tour of the bus with your child that many districts offer orientation for first time riders where they can get on a parked school bus, look around, practice using the seatbelts. Hey, seatbelts. Did you have seatbelts on your school bus? None of my no, school buses ever had seatbelts. That's no. so weird. Um, I know. And answer any questions about the bus and stuff. I think that sounds adorable. Um, find out what the route is ahead of time and do a test drive with your child. Point out landmarks along the way so she or he will know where she or he is along the way. So it's not just this big, scary tube experience like you uh, described. And if you are Forrest Gump, you can find out the driver's name and have your child say hi to them when she or he boards. That way, she or he will feel more comfortable reporting any problems that they have, uh, which is exactly what I needed to have. So those are three options because there is a lot of stuff on the Internet about childhood anxiety for buses that a lot of people say that school anxiety starts when you get into the door of the school, but there's been a lot more research saying that the bus part is a real problem for kids also. So pay, pay attention to that stuff and you can help your children. <laughs> and if um, you want, if you want to, if you want to get kids started early, see if you can find an online quiz to give them. Those are the <laughs> best. Okay. Do you have bus anxiety? Do you have bus anxiety? Do you have bus anxiety? Thanks, Internet. <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash scent of a podcast. Do we really need to put the W's in the front anymore? <laughs> Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Pete? Oh, Tom. You know, I looked hard for something related to skin or vomit, and I, <laughs> I was not satisfied with, with very many of my uh, selections, so I'm going with a one of my very favorite YA books from one of my all-time favorite YA authors and general good person. That is John Green, and the book oh. is Paper Towns. I read that. Uh, I love that book. I adored this book. I never knew of the concept of Paper Towns. I didn't know anything about copyrights in mapping, but you <laughs> learn about copyrights in mapping in this book. You also get a fantastic road trip. It's kind of a road chase a road stalking. I don't know. It's sure. wonderful. Uh, and uh, if you are not in love with Margot Roth Spiegelman after the end of this book, then you've done it wrong. Uh, <laughs> that is Paper Towns. Uh, it is only eight hours and three minutes, narrated by Dan John Miller, who is just a guy with two and a half first names, which is awesome. <laughs> So you could read that book by him. But, you know, I actually have a bonus pick now that we're in the middle of this. You could also get for cheap. You, you get the book for free as a result of our, our Audible partnership. But you would be able to, to buy an extra credit or just pay up $2.76 for the 34-minute 
ultimate skin picking cure guide how to overcome compulsive picking and ah. dermatillomania for life by caesar lincoln narrated by kelly rhodes so paper towns for the <laughs> ultimate skin picking cure guide boy uh, yours for free on audible.com <laughs> again for the free 30-day trial go to www.audibletrial.com slash scent of a podcast we don't pay to advertise this show, so we appreciate you sharing it with others you think would be interested. Uh, those five-star reviews in iTunes and Apple Podcasts really help others to discover the show. If you want to talk to us about, uh, you know, your skin conditions or your uh, vomitory habits, please don't do that there. As as long as it <laughs> as long as it ends in a five-star review, then you're still being helpful. So we really appreciate oh, yeah, that. Good Thank point. you, everybody, uh, for sharing the love uh, with a review and uh, something funny. Coming up next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's gross. So, and that's number one. Upsetting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's all okay, number one? Yeah. Jesus. That, no, that was. And it's, okay. ugh, it's such a common question. I'm sure you're super tired of answering it. <laughs> Have you ever seen an x-ray of a child's mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Tom, I'd like you to look at the picture right now. So I'm going to post it for you. Okay. And just see if you notice uh, anything I might have left out. Okay. <laughs> As no. my blood runs cold. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. Today's tune is Stairway to the Stars by <gasps> Rex Banner. Oh, Rexy. Until next week, I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Tommy Metz III. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week on What's That Smell? What's That Smell?